I hope you enjoyed today's edition of the Growth Zone show with Christian Bartsch. Thank you for listening. Please leave a review or rating here on iTunes or on podchaser.com. If you found the content helpful, then share it on social media, please. I would like to invite you to follow our show so that you don't miss the upcoming interviews with leaders in the market. Simply visit the website meetchrisbarch.com. I will be adding the link into the description of this episode so that you just need to click on that link. On my website, you will also find the links to free templates. If you're looking for the books I have published on marketing, innovative technology, and sustainable business strategies, just simply click on publication to find my book list. The world is constantly changing in response to trends and events. As a business leader, you need to bypass the sandbanks that can hurt your performance. For those of you who are signing up to follow the show, I have reserved a few copies of my ultimate guide on content marketing and an ESG compliant cheat sheet. This is the strategy that got me top corporate clients like McDonald's, Linde, Hewlett-Packard, Deutsche Bank, Volvo and many others. That strategy has been working for over 10 years and also got me contacts with police, transport authorities, military and several universities and even leading research institutes. For sure, it also worked wonders as it got me many small, medium-sized enterprises and international clients around the world. The link to sign up to our free broadcasting service and the guide is at meetchrisbarch.com. That will give you access to the most recent versions of my ultimate guide on content marketing. You can follow me on Twitter by using the Twitter handle CapBarch. It's spelled C-A-P-B-A-R-T-S-C-H. Yes, that is C-A-P-Barch or spelled Charlie Alpha, Papa, Bravo, Alpha, Romeo, Tango, Sierra, Charlie, Hotel. Hello and welcome in today's episode of the Sustainable Idea and associated scams. You can call as well episode number two in regards to the sustainable idea, whatever you like. Nevertheless, hey, let's look at how things are in reality. And you might have listened already to last episode where I was explaining a little bit more about how lobbyists and fossil fuel industries use lobbying and greenwashing and ESG to actually promote and enforce certain behavioral habits of people, of the society, towards their 
interests and not towards the interests of our society and environment. Now, let's look at it from a different perspective. Now, every one of us has computers at home, tablets, smartphone, and so on. Routers, internet access, everything. And the same thing in businesses, organizations, in political parties, in hospitals, schools, everywhere. We have computer technology. And when you open up in the morning sometimes or in the evening your news app or not, you might actually see then, oh, there's been a ransomware attack on this hospital or these schools or this organization is being blackmailed and so on. Now, when we look at all these things that are happening, we need to realize that there are a few things that we can actively do to reduce our risk of being hacked, of being attacked with ransomware, with virus, and so on. And when you think of it, like in the like 20 years ago, everybody spoke about computer virus. Nobody mentioned ransomware. Ransomware is, of course, something that's become very popular in the last 10 years or so, 10, 8 years. Well, of course, a new group of criminals noticed that's a way of making money from a wide range of potential victims. Now, when we look at the idea of having a more environmentally friendly infrastructure, and as well as the IT, the information technology actively contributing to being more environmentally friendly, then there's one of the things that, of course, comes up with all these cyber attacks and so on, where we say, hey, we need to have a more green cyber security. Yes, but how do we make cyber security green? Well, one thing you can do for the first is, of course, looking at how you buy products, how you use products, how you organize yourself, especially for organizations, you should organize yourself in a way that you form habits that are of positive impact and positive impact towards the security of the organization, towards your cost profile, and as well towards the way we use the technology. Of course, you might say, well, but I'm retired or I, I work in an NGO and we're not profit oriented. Absolutely not but let's say how can you improve the security of your equipment at home first of course traditionally install virus scanners and so on yes yes but even a virus scanner has a certain limit of ability to protect you the thing that can protect you most is you why because each time you look at an email that you receive you have to check and be careful hovering with your mouse over the address of the sender. And then usually you'll see on the bottom left displayed in your display or on your computer screen, you'll see the real address of the sender. So let's say you get an email from Facebook and you notice there's a strange email that actually is being displayed at the bottom that is not Facebook. Let's say XYZ at dot uh, co you know okay um that can't be facebook but if you go and simply click on the link and try to log in then you will be attacked of course <laughs> and the crazy thing is there are scammers who send emails 
to people who don't even have bank accounts at the Sun Bank. And what do they do? They could head up, oh, my account at this and this bank. I must go and uh, find out. I did not have an account. This is a scam, guys and ladies. It's a scam. Yeah. If you don't have a bank account in that bank, you don't have a bank account. Simple. Yeah. And you don't have an uncle who died and left you $60 million that you have to go and pay a thousand pounds or euros or dollars to go and get. It's a scam. Good heavens, the scam is old, but people are still falling for it. Crazy. Now, let's look at basic things of being more environmentally friendly without having to touch the negative side of cybersecurity or cyber threats. Now, for organizations, and it doesn't matter if you have a company with two, three people, or you have an enterprise with 50,000 employees, it doesn't matter. You still have to go and start implementing strategies to be greener, and as well greener in your usage of IT, in your way of defending your IT, protecting your IT, and so on. So green cybersecurity is a concept of looking where are we wasting resources that might even create threats, dangers, risk exposures to us, to organization, to our people, and society and environment. And that's important. So how can we go about it? The easiest thing is to go and implement the ISO 27001 standard. Well, you don't have to have it. No, you don't have to have it. But the idea, just simply even by looking at it and taking the best practices and thinking, okay, how can I improve my safety, my usage of systems in a better way? And, and it's not by, of course, creating five folders full of a thousand pages printed out and wasted paper and ink and everything just to pretend to be greener. Nobody's going to look at that. What people look at is what you actually derive from that. And that's something that I find really much more positive and benefited from the long run. Because you can actively make organizations safer and greener. Now, of course, simply by implementing ISO 27001 and not making it sustainable, it's like buying a fossil fuel car and saying, yeah, it's sustainable. It consumes half a gallon less, half a liter less of fuel. Yes, okay, it's a bit more resource efficient, but it's still burning fossil fuel and polluting the environment. And I see that. I just simply need to go and open my windows, take a wet cloth and wipe it along the windowsill or the windows. And there's a dirt. I can do it tomorrow again. And that towel will be black again. And simply go and look at the apps and you see pollution. And you think, yeah, but we are so environmentally friendly. We've got parks and green and everything. 
hey, the parks are not stuffed full of trees that are capable of consuming all the toxic stuff the cars are emitting. It's not possible. And the same thing when you look at like a thousand years ago, Europe had massive forests. Spain looks nowadays like a desert. Before the conquistadors went and built thousands of boats, Spain was covered by beautiful forests. No erosion, plenty of natural resources. Today, it's a dry place and forestation is one of the most important projects for the Spanish government. They have to build it. They have to compensate a thousand years of environmental mismanagement. And yes, the former royal families were very, very greedy. And greed is often a component that makes people do bad things. Yeah. And greed is well what makes organizations do bad things. And let's face it, an organization doesn't have its own mind and its own brain. It has people who make decisions for the organization. And they, culture, a narrative, a mindset, an attitude, and a behavior that is not positive for the environment. Some organizations are capable of changing the attitude, the strategies, the objectives and long-term mission, yes, but not everyone, that's reality. And for us, if we want to improve our cybersecurity, our way of using information technology and everything, we have to look at ways of improving this. And it's by first actually finding out what does that actually mean? What does this ISO standard really use and how can we make it greener? And making it greener is even more interesting because in reality, all across Europe, you can say on average that most of the jobs are created by small and medium-sized companies. In some countries like the UK or Germany, France, Netherlands, and so on, up to 80% of jobs are created in companies that have less than 20 employees. So it's not big companies who actually are creating jobs. It's not big companies who have a huge staff. And yes, of course, there are these corporations that have maybe 5,000, 20,000, 200,000 employees. Well, they sound huge, but they are across nations looking huge. And when you then look at what they actually have in their nations, they are shrinking. Like big companies, some of the big companies in Europe with names that have existed for over 20 years, they're cutting a thousand jobs every year. And people are not actually really noticing it anymore. They're even outplacing, offshoring them, all these different kind of nice ways of getting rid of stuff. But 
it's the small companies, the small organizations who are making an effort to create sustainable business models, creating jobs, giving people a purpose. And it's not the big organizations. Of course, when you go to university and then you, you see all the big brands and so on, you say, oh, I'd like to work for that company. And you go and start working for that company. And eventually you notice they dehumanize people. They have forgotten that they have employees and not machines running for them. They become highly political and it's like being in a parliament just with a bunch of even crazier people trying to make money in a more unsustainable way, then you realize, hmm, you have to look for the real businesses who are willing to create sustainability. And there are some big companies, some big corporations who are sustainable to a certain degree and really make an effort to change and improve with the right leadership. But there's well companies out there that are absolutely not intending to become any form of more sustainable. They're just doing what needs to be done and making use of advice from lobbyists who show them how to use systems and concepts like ESG to greenwash. And that's the key thing. ESG is actually quite a good thing, but it's like with everything. You can misuse things for, for bad things and you can use things for good things. Yeah, it's like with helium. You can use helium to blow up party balloons for kids' birthday, or you can use helium to destroy the environment with burning stuff, explosives, and other kind of stuff. Just look at what research is now finding as well on the beaches of Normandy. Previous generations that created wars and destruction and everything we in today's generation still trying to clean up. Just look at some of the forests and areas that were key areas of battlegrounds of the First and Second World War. These places are not only littered with ammunition that's not exploded and injuring, laming, or even killing people every year. These places are highly toxic with things like ammoniac and everything. And you can't just simply go and clean it up in a simple way. It's so dangerous that you don't even have the technology yet to really clean the entire place. And just look at beaches like Normandy with all the glass shrapnel that you have because of all the heat that was produced during the battles, that the sand melted and created little glass shrapnels. That's as well there. That has to be cleaned up. It's the result of these things, but governments sometimes do not really care until it is so inevitable that they have to do something. Now, let's look at it. How can I create a more secure and environmental system in my business? So let's say you have a business that has maybe one to 20 people, yeah? And well, you want to be safer, so you have to make an idea or a concept of how you want to be acting in a safer way. 
like basic rules um if you find a usb stick somewhere in a parking lot don't simply go and stick in your in your computer these are basic security things there's nothing nothing really much green about it but when you consider looking at what you're using for instance your internet router or your firewall that's maybe 10 15 years old it's consuming more electricity than necessary and that's the great thing nowadays you can buy routers that are so energy efficient that you don't even hear them and they they consume maybe instead of 100 watts they're maybe just consuming three watts or even less and most of the time let's say in the evening you're not using the computers anyway and during the day you're not constantly pumping millions and millions of bytes through your network unless of course you're playing games all day but i don't really think that you're doing that otherwise you'd be out of business now that even applies if you have a ngo a non-government organization you have a charity or so and you want to reduce not only your costs but as well uh, your footprint then yeah you can simply buy newer switches newer firewalls and they don't consume that much energy and they're not that expensive you are not a huge corporation that has to allow hundred thousand employees to exchange emails and other kind of stuff you're not that size you don't need it and the second thing would be as well of course to say okay how do we do things how do we implement new things how do i check things and that would be of course saying okay i check uh, is it using more energy or not do i check reviews do i see this and that and uh, maybe even go and find out what's a better product now of course if you have a local computer shop and they are trying to be more sustainable themselves then they will know which products are more sustainable and there are products out there that consume less energy and there are products that help as well even uh, use less uh, toxic cabling and other kind of stuff because the thing is even network cables at times can be a toxic element in your environment yeah all the stuff that's put into the product can even affect your air quality around you on the other hand people of course are scared of wi-fi and so and um, cell phone data transmissions and that because I think might create cancer and that well there are many things that they might create and we might not be aware of but one of the key things is of course Wi-Fi has a different kind of pattern different way of functioning and so on and a different kind of intensity so a Wi-Fi system is theoretically environmentally friendly and better nevertheless if your router is still quite old then you need to replace it you have to pick brands as well that are trying to be environmentally friendly who actually have less toxic elements inside their electronics inside their plastic cases and other kind of stuff yeah and the crazy thing is that nowadays even in warfare there are products coming that are more sustainable like drones made of cardboard instead of plastic or metal so notice 
even in that area, it's possible to be sustainable. And it's, a, it's an idea we think, why can't we do that in other industries that are not, not related to killing people, to destroying environments? And why can't other products be more environmentally friendly? And look at those cardboard drones. They can fly even in the most horrid, raining weather. And they can fly. But people tell us, yeah, you have to have products made out of plastic or metal, because otherwise they'll break and they'll be dangerous and so on, and uh, this and that. Obviously, we don't need. There are ways to treating even cardboard and other stuff and be more sustainable, because cardboard and wood is still more sustainable than artificial components like plastic. Definitely better. Now, coming back to, to information technology, we have to actually really look at and decide how we want to do things and even create like a, a vision and a mission is not quite fitting in my opinion, but it's like a, a objective, a basic thought or concept where say, for instance, we want to be more environment friendly, we want to consume less energy, create less waste and ensure that our information technology isn't unnecessarily destroying the environment, hurting, because at a certain time you will buy new equipment, yeah? a new printer, a new notebook, a new screen, a new desktop, whatever. So you want to, of course, look and see which products are better for the environment, what's greener. At the same time, we have to say, okay, what do I do if I do get attacked by ransomware, virus, or let's say even my hard drive fails? What do I do then? And even if you have a four to 20 people company and you're the owner and you are on holiday, your people need to know what to do because maybe when things happen, you're not reachable. So they can't go and ask you, boss, what am I supposed to do now? They have to know immediately, or at least take a folder out of the cupboard, open it on the right page and see, ah, okay, so I have to call John from IT company, blah, blah, blah. They will come and immediately fix it. If it's a virus, switch on all the systems, do this and this, call Peter or Tom or whatever, and they will come and take over and ensure that the problems are not getting worse. At the same time, we have to think, of course, how do people know what to do when something happens, like a cyber attack and anything? By telling them beforehand. And not telling them, well, now you have to do a two-day course and then you know what to do. Um, but we've already been attacked. And that doesn't help you. So you create an awareness program. An awareness program is, can be really easy. It's like half an hour, an hour online video where people can watch and then they understand, ah, then that's this and this. And I should maybe best, if I see something that looks strange, I will check it out by doing this and this. And then I see if it is real or if it's fake. And if I'm still not sure, I can ask somebody. It's better asking somebody if they think that's safe 
than simply clicking on it and then later on being sorry. Yeah. And that's one of the key things that you can do, creating awareness, and it doesn't cost you much money. Good awareness, online training programs cost you somewhere between two to 10 pounds per employee. It's a crazy small thing. And, and you can simply even buy packages nowadays where you buy like a full subscription for your entire team, whether you have five employees, whether you have 20, 100, it doesn't matter. It's such a small amount of money compared to the money you lose when you get attacked, when you do have a technical problem, it can be quite expensive. And if things are done the wrong way in that situation, it could even cost you your entire business. And not only your business, clients might even decide to go and never come back. And of course, you could say, yeah, but I have insurance. And insurance isn't going to go and bring your clients back. They are gone and they're gone. The only thing that brings your clients back is you. Your attitude, your approach, and what things you do in advance to reduce your risk exposure. Now, green cybersecurity. It's, of course, not just about looking how to be less polluting and so on. It's as well as seeing how can I actually be of benefit to my local society, to my local communities. Seeing how can I actively help people as well to be safer in their conduct and their usage of systems. Even informing clients ahead of time. We only send emails in this and this way. Or for instance, you see all our emails with this and this badge attached to it. That's only from us. And we'll never ask you for your passwords, etc., etc. And by educating your own clients, you make them aware that there are people who try to scam, but your people know what to do, and you're not engaging in certain negative behavior. And sometimes people might even be happy and thankful for you informing them about this and this, because it might happen that somebody else tries to impersonate another company with the same tactics. But because you made the person aware, they have not fallen for the trap and they're thankful to you because you made them aware. The other company didn't bother. They are not really sustainable. They're just there to make money. And at the end of the day, it's not really about making money. Yes, everybody needs to make money, but it's a long-term game. It's your mission and your vision and your values. And values, are a difficult asset. You can't weigh them. You can't value them properly because they are values of their own weight, size, and their own limitations. Now, in the next episodes, I will be talking more about all these things, these themes around sustainable ideas, sustainable business, and that, and even sustainable political options and moves. And how you, even if you're not somebody who votes for a Green Party, you can as well be sustainable in yourself. And that's the great thing. It's not about what color your car is, 
what color your shirt is, what color your background. It's, it's crazy. People value things by things that are not really valuable and have no sustainability. But nevertheless, till then, have a great day and see you soon. Welcome to today's episode of The Growth Zone. I am Christian Bartsch. What is the core benefit of listening to this show? Business leaders in corporate and privately held companies gain insights into trends and strategies that provide them with a competitive advantage in the marketplace. Each episode focuses on areas such as marketing, sales, innovation, or funding that is absolutely critical to the growth of companies, whether they are startups or corporate global players. Where management needs to juggle the challenges of market entries or knowing how to navigate the uncertainty of disruptive developments, mind feeding is where clarity evolves and helps solving organizational challenges. For those who listen to the entire episode, I have a special surprise gift. I'm also working on some great guests that are industry leaders in management, innovation, and marketing. And we will be talking in the future much more about the important trends that are affecting the way we manage our companies in the demand to being sustainable, more environmentally and socially friendly, and becoming more empathic leaders. So let's get started on today's topic. <music>